Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, once again, Patrick and Mark are not nominated for Trending Gamer of the Year. Oh, yeah, that's actually not a category anymore. It's uh, the Community Award. Oh, are we nominated for that? No. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the Game Award nominations. And then on Thursday, of course, we are starting our best Nintendo music tournament. Um, but in the meantime, Mark, how are you? I'm doing really good. Yep. Um, I'm very excited about our best Nintendo music tournament. Me too. Uh, so should we lay out a, a little bit of what people can, can expect to Yeah, hear? what they can anticipate? Yeah. Um, because uh, we got a lot of nominations. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, it, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, it's so amazing that we had to break it up over the course of three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so strap in. I hope you like great music because you're about to hear a lot of it. Yes. Uh, over the course of the next almost month. <laughs> But it's good. Uh, it it it's good stuff, uh, and I'm also very excited for people. Yeah, to hear so it. Uh, that'll be starting this Thursday, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll continue to do news episodes. And the um, Nintendo tournament will play out over the next three weeks. Seriously, hold on to your hats. Yeah, because uh, wild stuff happens right away, and we never stop being wild. Um, but you know what else is wild, Mark? I think I do, and I think it's Sonic Forces. It is! Uh, further wild, the Sonic Forces borrowing program. Sonic Forces is back uh, at my house right now. I need to send it back out into the wild. Um, if you would like to borrow it, all you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com, gmail.com. Uh, and give us a mailing address, and then we send it there. It cannot be stressed enough how successful and thriving this program is. Yeah, it has happened multiple times. Probably upwards of a dozen times it has been sent out. Over the course of... Two and a half years? Yeah, like a pretty long time. I've yeah, been, I mean, I've that's pretty amazing. The country, yeah. Good for everyone for yes. participating in it and keeping it going. And good for Sonic Forces, too. Seriously, this actually probably is good for Sonic Forces. Um, Just to get it in more hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we've also set ourselves another goal. By the end of the year, we would like to have 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, here in North America. Uh, so if you are in this region and you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, or even if you just have access to Apple Podcasts, we would love a review. And I really can't stress this enough. Like We appreciate people reviewing us in any store that you get our show from. Um, like it, And if you've already reviewed us, yeah. it really means the world. Uh, but we are selfish, and we want to see that number grow. And look, it's the only place where those numbers count, baby, (laughs) is an Apple podcast. I don't really know why this is a goal for us, but we want it. We've decided. Um, So if you want to get us anything for Christmas, it's 100 reviews. This would be perfect. That would be perfect. All right, Mark, let's get into uh, what we've been playing this week. I'll be honest, we spent a lot of time this weekend working on the uh, the music project. Um, so 
I don't think either of us have really played that many games this week. Yeah. Um, I, I continue to chip away at Pokemon Sword and Shield and Dragon Quest XI. Uh, it is tough, I will say, to have two big RPGs going at the same time, but I'm doing it. I got no fear about it. I'm That's amazing. <laughs> I am seriously impressed. Uh, the th- uh, Dragon Quest makes it so easy because uh, it has this wonderful recap system. Every time you turn it on, it's like, hey, here's what's going on in the story. You think they stole that from Other M? Because uh, they do that in Metroid Other M. Oh my gosh, I do now. It's also very good about, um, like, I can check the map and see what, like, the next, like, mission does. Like, it's it's very easy for me to jump right back in. And maybe I've forgotten, you know, specifically how I was leveling someone up. The, you know, the game isn't in my head that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as, like, actual story beats are concerned, it knows where I'm supposed to go next and isn't shy about nudging me in that direction uh, if I want it. Do you know what I've really been liking uh, on Twitter and just on the internet in general about Pokemon is watching the different uh, Pokemon interactions that happen in people's camps. It's insane. There are so many and yeah. so many of them are incredibly cute. Yeah, cute and funny. The and s- weird sometimes. Yeah. Um, none of the Pokemon like it when you shake the uh, the stick at them. I don't get the stick. I don't. Why? Why is it? Why do they pretend it's a toy? <laughs> Everyone hates it. Score Bunny in particular will run up and kick you. <laughs> Uh, all right. I find that game enormously cute. Yeah. You know what? One thing I don't even know if I could count this as uh, playing a game. Let's try it. Okay. See so what happens. I continue to tur- like open Mario Mario Kart Tour once a day, so I can continue to collect mm. the things you get for logging in, like the login bonuses. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why, because I haven't been like playing the tracks, but I just have this compulsion where yeah. it's just like every day I'll just open it up get one of the like cart tickets or one of the um racer tickets or get three gems every like six days or something yeah i and mean that was me with simpsons tapped out for like a year but Where- i don't do anything with it well the same could be said of simpsons tapped out that you would go in and you'd be like tap tap you just like hit all the buildings once get the reward for it and then you're like well i guess i played the game today yeah i feel like it's no good for anybody it's not good for me because i'm not necessarily enjoying it it's sure. not good for nintendo because they're not monetizing it and i'm not even really playing the game so you heard it here mario kart tour is the opposite of the sonic forces <laughs> borrowing program which again is good for Everyone. All right, Mark, let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. We've kind of hit the part of the year where uh, releases slow down. All the big heavy hitters are out on Nintendo's platform Mm -hmm. pretty much through the rest of the year. That doesn't mean that there's nothing coming out. On November 28th, Trover Saves the Universe is released on the eShop. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, that's Thanksgiving itself. That is Thursday. Thanksgiving, yes. Um, so Trover Saves the Universe is the uh, uh, the Squanch games. It's uh, Justin Roiland, the guy behind um, Rick and Morty. Um, and this is a game that was just on PlayStation before, I believe, uh, and was like a, a VR game uh, that is finally making its way uh, over to other platforms, um, including the Switch and Xbox One. For some reason, it's coming to Switch earlier. Wait, so it's a it's a previously VR game that is coming to other platforms, but in a non-VR variety. I think it was also playable in not VR. Oh, I see. Because I, I know uh, Royland is big on VR, like they did... Uh, well, I'm not going to remember the names of any of the uh, games. Um, but they, that they put out um, VR games uh, s- semi-regularly. 
Uh, and this was a, a VR game that was also playable. Oh, that's cool. In, uh, like kind of regular. Um, but it's coming to Switch on Thursday. And then also on Friday, we're getting the Five Night at Freddy's treatment. Uh, Five Night at Freddy's, Five Night at Freddy's 2, 3, and 4 are all being released on the eShop. Yep. So if you want to be scared by uh, Chuck E. Cheese monsters, um, that's it. Look, the day Black Friday is your is your day to get get in on that. Uh, Mark, is there anything on here that you're actually interested in? Uh, not really this week. Yeah, me neither. Hey, look, I'm gonna keep chip, chipping away at uh, Pokemon and uh, Dragon Quest. Yeah, that's really what I'm looking forward to this long weekend. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, close out the new releases. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Today, Mark, we are going to be going through the uh, best duos of all time. Uh, as as arranged by the website Ranker, and assigning each of us uh, the role of one of the parts of that duo. I'm ready. I'm hoping that they are ones that we're familiar with. Uh, I mean, if they're not, we're going to have to figure out what they are. We're just going to have to. Um, so we're going to see how many we get through. Great. Tom and Jerry. <laughs> okay. Tom and Jerry's number one. Ooh, number man, one. We're, duo yeah, we're not time. really easing into this one. All right. So here's a problem. I don't know that I think of them as a duo. They are enemies, right? Yes. So yes. I think we can skip this one. Do you think they occasion- overrule? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, let's not even let's not even try to yeah. figure out which one we are. Batman and Robin. Hmm. Which Robin? Uh, so it is. Sh- it it just says Batman and Robin, but the picture is Adam West and Burt Ward from the uh, 1960s Batman. Okay. Um. I'll take Robin on that one. I think I'm. I think I'm more Robin-y. In it, like if if the, if those are if that's the template we're using. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I, I do I'll a killer Robin. bat tootsie. So yeah, that's that's that's. I've always said that about you. Um, and I look good in a yellow cape. Bert and Ernie. Okay. Uh, I don't know the se- like Sesame Street characters that well. Um, Bert is the lemon and Ernie's the orange. Uh, yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. Man, they have like an odd couple thing going on, right? They do have a little bit of a, yeah, yes. Cause like Bert's really uptight and like Ernie's more like, he's like relaxed and he's going to like have fun, but it's going to be like a little bit messy. Okay. I'll, I'll, uh, jump on this grenade and say that I'm like the lemon kind of more like soury one. And I'll be Ernie. <laughs> okay. Here's this next one's going to be tough. Scooby-Doo and Shaggy. Oh, um. If we're, if we're hanging out, which one of us is the dog? <laughs> no, here, okay. I, uh, in my adult life, have never owned a dog. You kind of did for a while. Yeah, I've, I've definitely owned a dog before. Okay, so I'm, I'm Scooby and you're Shaggy. Okay, all right. All right? Yep. Uh, Let's not parse that one too nope. closely. Uh, next next one down, and this one's totally different from Scooby and Shaggy, Han Solo and Chewbacca. It is totally different. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, uh, I I think I... Well, actually, I don't want to say anything like that you're going to take offense to. So I was going to say that I am Chewbacca and you're Han Solo. 
Okay. But I don't know if you... I want to hear the version of that that is uh, offensive to, <laughs> to me. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe you're like... Um, uh, I don't know. I just don't... I feel like some sometimes when you and I go into a situation, uh, I can be the like more abrasive of the two of us. And also, every time I talk to other people about uh, this show, people say to me, yeah, Mark's great. They never say to me, yeah, you're really good on that show. <laughs> that is, so uh, Chewbacca is the one that everyone loves. <laughs> Look, and I have a great bowcaster. So that's those are just facts. Um, also, I assume you'll outlive me. Uh, number six on the list here is peanut butter and jelly. I say we throw this one out. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, okay. Okay, number seven on the list is Mario and Luigi. We cannot discuss that. <laughs> right. It is per the rules of the uh, segment. Uh, next up is hamburger and fries. Should I skip the food ones? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard to, uh, like, yeah. Oh, I'm French fries. Uh, yeah. Uh, next one is macaroni and cheese. So we're skipping a lot of these. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. We we have to get through them. Uh, SpongeBob and Patrick. Okay. Um, I feel like a lot of these have, like, a very similar dynamic. One thing I'd like about this duo. Yeah. You know, because, like, a lot of times it's, like, one of them... Hey, they are on equal footing. They are both the idiot, which is yes. uh, which not dissimilar With, like, to the Shaggy heart of Scooby. Gold. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think they're more likable. I think that... Uh, so really, I'm happy with either one of these. Yeah. So I am not a SpongeBob guy. So okay. I, I, I know vaguely these characters, but I don't think I'm going to be able to speak definitively. Well, one of them is named Patrick. So sure. we'll I'll just say Patrick, you're Patrick. I'll be the starfish yeah. and you'll be SpongeBob. Uh, next on the list, number 11, Holmes and Watson. Oh, I guess we'll never I guess we'll never know. We got through 10 of them, skipping six. And clearly I'm hamburger. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. We were a company today. Oh, shoot. I closed it and I didn't write it down. Darn. Uh, they know oh, who they are. They know who they are. They you Look, when you record a 433, you know what it sounds like. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Is it weird that we got through the top 11 and there weren't any real-life musical duos? It's very weird to me. No Sonny and Cher, no Simon and Garfunkel. Is it also weird to you that, like, I mean, Ranker seems like an incredibly good racket, right? Because um, you hire somebody at a very menial rate to make a mediocre list, and then it just exists on the internet forever. And well, here's the thing. The way Ranker works is that every single one of these entries has an up arrow and a down arrow next to it. So it, readers... No, I refuse to believe that's true. It is true. Hamburgers, Would you like to see it? <laughs> Tom and Jerry? Y- yes, Tom and you Jerry. are not a duo. Tom and Jerry, number one with uh, 8,368 votes up and 3,458 votes down. At the time of recording, it could change, uh, although it will change. Everyone should go to ranker.com slash list slash best duos of all time and vote Tom and Jerry down. I don't want to see them at the top of this list. The nominations for the 2019 Game Awards were announced last week, which uh, Nintendo games mostly being skipped over major categories like Game of the Year, Best Director, and Best Narrative. I feel like... Uh, the Fire Emblem Three Houses crowd is feeling yeah, a little, scorned a little bit. A little left out. Which I get, because yeah. uh, it, for me, it was definitely one of the like highlights of the year. Yeah, totally. I think for me, uh, Fire Emblem is game of the year. Um, not that I like thinking about games in that, uh, in that term, just because it's so arbitrary. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's a little bit weird. Um, you know, especially when uh, I guess it was two years ago now that like Breath of the Wild and um, Odyssey were both like such strong contenders for Game of the Year. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like Nintendo's having one of their more like kind of quiet years. Um, and we've talked about it a bunch that this year is kind of um, Nintendo making the Switch their portable system, right? That they're like putting out the portable games uh, like Pokemon, like Fire Emblem, like Box Boy, of course, on the Switch. Um, so yeah, it's just weird to see like none of that really get uh, yeah. noticed in that way. And obviously, you know, we're coming at this kind of stuff from a very specific lens. But to me, some of the games that were nominated for Game of the Year um just you, you want to hear don't the list? seem that like i don't know like notable so the uh best game of the of the year uh nominees are control death stranding uh wait a minute hold on hold on i think that's right okay so i i, I guess I, I was wrong in copying down the uh uh the the news because super smash brothers ultimate is nominated for game of the year my bad um resident evil 2 uh, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and The Outer Worlds. So, Smash Brothers is plus in that Smash list. Brothers. Yeah. Okay. Um. Still, I feel it. Like, on the one hand, I'm like, that is an interesting eclectic group of games mm-hmm. for Game of the Year. I also feel like, was this not a very strong game a year for games? I mean, I, I don't guess know. I. I feel like I had a lot of fun playing games this year. Me too. Totally. And I wonder if like we were just having like uh fun with like less spectacular experiences or experiences that weren't like revolutionary in any way and we that was just like i had a ton of fun playing dragon quest which i guess is not a game that came out this year but uh like luigi and mario maker and fire emblem like these were and pokemon like these are all great experiences and uh link's awakening like i loved all of these games this year um but i suppose none of them are really like you know, rock your world kind of uh, kind of things. And there were some uh, other Nintendo nominations, like Cadence of Hyrule was nominated for Best Soundtrack, mm-hmm. um, as was Sayonara Wild Hearts. Astral Chain was nominated for Best Action Game. Uh, Link's Awakening was nominated for Best Action Slash Adventure Game. And uh, Super Smash Brothers, in addition to being nominated for Game of the Year, was also nominated for Best Fighting Game. And then Fire Emblem Three Houses was nominated for Best Strategy Game, as was Wargroove. Yeah, and then the weirdest possible part of this is that um, there's a best family game category, and uh, there were five games nominated for it. They're all published by Nintendo. This feels so much to me like um, in the Academy Awards, the Oscars, they, like, Beauty and the Beast was one time nominated for best film. Yeah. And I, like, the board of directors were like, never again. We're creating a separate category for best animated film, and that's where all of that stuff is going to go. And occasionally, a film will be nominated in both. Right. Um, but it, like, I think it would be an extraordinary feat for it to win best picture because it's very easy for people to vote for it in uh, best animated film, and then to be like, "That's good enough." That is totally how I feel the best family game category is being treated. Yeah, I mean, it's also uh, just weird the the way that the um, the nominees are determined is that like individual outlets have uh, an opportunity to nominate uh, things for any category. Um, so it's just, it's, 
I don't know. The the curation in actually all of this stuff seems a little like wishy washy. The fact that there's an action game, best action game of the year, and best action adventure game of the year. Um, I don't know. It it feels like with video games like we're, we're obviously treating it different than like the Academy Awards because like you know we don't we're not like best western of the year or a best sci-fi film of the you know we're just like yeah this is the best movie and then everything else is like things about movies that mm-hmm. we're going to celebrate um so i don't know I, I feel like all of this needs to be like kind of honed into a way that or just accept that none of it really matters and like it's just a, a night to like celebrate um some good video games which i think is the right way yeah. to look at it and also just to get really excited for maybe too excited for what the um uh what reveals will be there right and what can you venture a guess or will you venture a guess as to what nintendo is preparing to show off because historically they have revealed one or two things at the game awards i would guess that the only thing we're going to see is the fifth dlc character for smash brothers i think that's it i don't think they're going to tease anything else we're not going to see breath of the wild 2 there um but you know we that's where we first saw joker um the first of the five dlc characters i believe we will see the last of the uh, original batch of five um this year do you have any guesses i'm going to uh say that i think everybody was a year too early and i think this is the year for metroid prime trilogy whoa on switch um that would be great but i can venture that guess because there are zero stakes for being wrong so yeah that's true you don't want to make a million dollar bet <laughs> do you know what it's been too long it's been a while since yeah a million dollar right, bet. let's do it um Okay, I mean, I'm betting a really like safe guess, and yours is like an out there wild. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, all right. Pokemon Sword and Shield are off to a fast start. The games have sold over six million copies worldwide, with two million sold in Japan, and then over two million sold in the U.S. alone. That's the. Uh, they also said that in the U.S., that's like the highest grossing Pokemon launch ever. Okay, which makes sense because you know they're charging sixty bucks per copy. Games instead of forty, fifty percent more expensive than they were before. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to see. Again, it's like one of those things where I, the internet echo chamber is not always indicative of like the broader, um, excitement for something or like. Oh, you mean just like because of the the negativity around the launch? Yeah, yeah. What's so funny or interesting to me is that there was a lot of negativity leading up to the launch, and then uh, like reviews started popping and people started playing it and being like, I mean, I guess I can kind of see some of the criticisms, but I'm also having a ton of fun. Um, and I feel like that's where the narrative has landed is that people are like, I don't know. It's fun. It's Pokemon. I'm having a good time. Yeah, I totally agree. (laughs) Uh, speaking of Pokemon sword and shield, the Pokemon company is attempting to identify people who leaked information on discord and 4chan about the game before its release. According to an article in Forbes, a law firm working for the company has so far identified four discord users and is asking the court for permission to serve subpoenas to discord and 4chan for their help in identifying the users. Interesting. Uh, Epic did something very similar recently with Fortnite. Um, people who had been leaking Fortnite, they were trying to like go after them legally, yeah. which uh, I guess is just to try to like discourage people from doing the same sort of thing in the future. The specific leaks called out are images that were shared from the, at that point, unreleased Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield strategy guide showing previously unrevealed Pokemon. 
so the I'm I, I'm of two minds about this because mm. like in one uh, uh, like ha- half of me is like yeah go get them like pe- people that like leaked your stuff go get them um, but it is uh, not just possible but probable that the people that were sharing them on you know like 4chan and discord and wherever that they weren't the people who were like getting a hold of the information and were trusted with it and like violated that trust i think the people that violated the trust should be the ones that get in trouble yeah i completely agree if you sign an nda and you start leaking information like that's on you you should have your credibility nuked um but like i don't know suing a kid who got excited about seeing the like third evolution for um sobble uh, because like someone who saw it and wasn't supposed to share it did, that that doesn't feel as good to me. Yeah, and I don't know the details of this case. Um, it seems to me like they weren't going after because obviously that stuff was disseminated far and wide, right? So yeah. it seems to me like they're not going after everyone who retweeted it or commented on it or whatever. Sure, it seems to be it seems to be the pe- like targeted at like the source of it. Yeah. Um, and I also think you know, uh. That there are times where it's okay to go outside of NDAs, but it's not for like sharing unreleased Pokemon. You know what I mean? Yeah, not for something mm-hmm. trivial like that. Like yeah. I, you, it it's a uh, there is um you know a merit to breaking an NDA when it is uh, an issue of like moral concern and not the kind of moral concern like I think there should be a thousand Pokemon in this game <laughs> instead of four hundred. Um, but the kind of moral concern like people are being taken advantage of. Yeah. Uh, or it's unsafe somewhere. Um, so, yeah. I think we're in agreement. Good. Um, Capcom continues to port their back catalog liberally to Switch. They've announced that Devil May Cry 3 Special Edition will be arriving February 20th for $19.99. I saw some people online really excited for this one. I'm, I'm not like well-versed in the Devil May Cry series, but apparently this one is like the the one that everybody points to is like the best. So the, the Devil May Cry that's on Switch right now, was that the first one or the I second one? I think both. I think okay, both have thing. been released. Yeah. Um, but neither of them are like the remakes. Right? I, there was a remake of... We are, we are out of them, our depths. Yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah. It's a light news week, which is why yeah. we're bringing this up at all. <laughs> um, but at least uh, I just this is the Devil May Cry 3 special edition. Yep. So maybe that's... And if that piques your interest, maybe you'll want to Google and find out what that means. Yeah, and... Make sure you get 20 bucks. Uh, follow up on last week's story about the paid subscription services for Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. We have pricing, pricing. now. Uh, I still laugh every time I think about the description of it being, you get to choose one lucky animal helper <laughs> to help you tend the camp. It's so lucky. It's so funny to me. All they want to do, they're just waiting for <laughs> someone to pick them to take care of their camp. So this is the happy helper plan. Mm-hmm. It's two ninety nine a month. Right. Um, and then the Cookie and Depot plan is eight ninety nine a month. Which uh I gotta say, eight ninety nine a month is a bold price tag. And that's how I felt about uh the Mario Kart like gold pass, yeah, which I think is five ninety nine or four ninety nine. Like that felt like a lot. Nine bucks feels like a stretch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and both of these, uh, both of these plans, uh, all so they do the the things that we talked about last month, either getting the uh, helper or getting uh, more storage and uh, a couple fortune cookies a month. Both of them comes come with uh, decreased crafting time. Um, mm. So like 
radically decreased crafting time. Oh, so both of them come with that? Both of them come oh, with that. Oh, yeah, it. okay. Um, so that's something that would have taken you, like, you know, 12 hours to make will now take, like, 20 minutes or oh, something. Oh, wow. Um, so uh, there's a lot of uh, value, I guess, if you want to play it more like a, an active game and less like a, you know, waiting simulator. Gotcha. Um, and there, for both of them, there's free one-month trials available. So if you want to try them both out and not spend... Twelve dollars. Another notable release date uh, was announced: Alien Isolation, which we heard about in the last Nintendo Direct, will be coming out soon on Walt Disney's 118th birthday. Great, December fifth. The I wish everyone could see Mark doing that math in his head because it was great. (laughs) Uh. So I'm kind of I've always had like an interest in the Alien franchise, yes. even though I kind of feel about it the same way I feel about Jurassic Park, where it's like one, two good movies, and then everything else has been pretty bad. I mean, I think you can take the little like handshaking away from that and just say two good movies. Yeah. Uh, well, it was the Jurassic good. Park part that I right. was uh, <laughs> right. handshaking. Yes. Um, and it's like survival horror in the Alien franchise, supposed to be you know pretty well received. So I am interested. In yeah. This one. I mean, this is one where I will almost certainly wait for it to go on some kind mm, of sale mm-hmm. and then pick up. Um, I, it's my understanding that it drags in the latter half. Um, but, you know, I've walked away from games without finishing them before. I'll do it again. <laughs> I have no shame about Snake that. Snake pass. <laughs> uh, Nikkei recently ran a profile on Shigeru Miyamoto where they talked about Miyamoto's desire to challenge Disney and have Mario become as ubiquitous as Mickey Mouse. Wow, a lot of a uh, lot of Disney on this episode. So they quote, <laughs> they quote. I mean, t- two Twice. things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they quote Miyamoto as saying, "Many parents want to keep their children from playing video games, but these same parents have no problem allowing them to watch Disney movies. We cannot seriously challenge Disney unless parents start feeling comfortable about their children playing Nintendo." Uh, that's interesting. Do you think that people now, like in 2019, are like specifically trying to make their kids not play first video games, a, a video games, B Nintendo games specifically? Yeah, I have no idea because I'm not really around yeah. kids that much. Hey, we've got some parents who listen to this show. Do is that something that you encounter that uh, either you don't want your kids playing video games or? Are you friends with other parents who are like, oh, yeah, we don't let our kids play video games? Um, and is there a uh, is Nintendo part of that? Is there a Nintendo exception? Uh, what's the general read out there? Miyamoto seems to think that uh, y'all don't want your kids playing Mario, which seems crazy to me. <laughs> I grew up on Mario. I did, too. Uh, the rule in my house was we could, like, watch two hours of TV a day, which yeah. in hindsight seems like an enormous amount of TV. Yeah, sure. Especially because you can school. For like a and, kid, yeah. yeah. Um, but at the time, did not feel like nearly enough time. That's only the TGIF block. Yeah, that's not that much. You're spending your precious resources. And so for... much of that time, you're watching commercials. <laughs> um, but uh, video games were like tied up in that. So sure. like it was all part of like It's the all part of hours. screen time. Sure. Yes, exactly. Um, Miyamoto also says his creative direction with Mario has been changing recently. Mm. Uh, before he tried to maintain consistency, an example they give is that like, if it was established at one point that Mario didn't like certain foods, then in future games, he couldn't like suddenly start liking it. Um, sure. So important things. Right. But now uh, they're saying that uh, 
he's now inspired to avoid casting Mario too rigidly so the company can explore different character scenarios. And uh, the article editorializes a little bit saying that, you know, how like Mickey Mouse was able to outlive Walt Disney. Yeah. That, you know, like um, I, they seem to be saying that this like releases uh, Mario from being just Miyamoto's, you know, like idea or curated yeah. thing. I mean, it's so funny because like beyond, I love Mario, right? Yeah. Um, But beyond the fact that he runs around and loves running around and is friendly i don't really know that i could tell you what mario likes no it's or so it, dislikes yeah it's so interesting because i've never thought about that as a thing that mario does i've never considered it having like taking canon or like yeah anything like that very seriously like i feel like mario for a long time has been able to do whatever they wanted him to do. Yeah, I mean, to, especially as far as, like, vocationally speaking, Mario <laughs> has all jobs. Mario has has had all the jobs. You need look no further than Super Mario Odyssey, where he's got all the costumes from, you know, decades and decades of video games, where he's a construction worker and a plumber and a chef and a doctor and everything. Um, it's weird that they would suddenly be like, oh yeah, we got, we got to, <laughs> we got to really open the doors on Mario. But maybe it's one of those things from like, cause like, you know, there's a lot I'm sure that we don't see in a lot of like yeah. editing and curation. And so from his perspective, he might be, you know, being very like deliberate about the choices that they're making from, from the outside. Yeah. We, you know, we don't see everything that gets left behind. They have a quote from him being like, I've been, I've become more interested in creating greater opportunities for a larger audience to enjoy the Mario world. And they kind of cite as examples like Super Nintendo World opening at the Universal theme parks yeah. and the animated film that we know is coming from Illumination Entertainment uh sometime in 2020. Wow, 2020 is coming up. That, that's the that's the uh timeline they had in here. I had never heard that before. Um and so like I do kind of see it the article I have to say is strange in the sense that uh, it's like word salad and I feel like some of the quotes they use that are supposed to support what they're saying like don't really and it does a lot of the thing where like they'll have some of Miyamoto's quotes and then it'll just end and then they will like add additional words like yeah it, it's a it's an interesting article that I don't know exactly what to make of it sure um, is there any aspect of Mario that you are worried would be that like would change in a way that you wouldn't be interested in. I'm very nervous about the animated movie. Yeah. Um. I don't have a lot of love for like Illumination Entertainment's movies. Yeah. And I'm terrified of having a fully voiced like Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah. I mean, well, the rest of the Mushroom Kingdom, I might be okay with talking. Mario, I don't know that I want to hear him like say a anything really. I also don't really need Mario to grow or learn anything right i know that yeah exactly it's like um like mario is kind of an empty vessel and that's what makes him so appealing that's what i need him to be yeah like the last thing i need is for mario to have a character arc like i feel like that would ruin him because he's already perfect <laughs> all right mark let's get out of the news That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We are trying to get to 100 reviews by the end of the year. If we can do it sooner, we'll make the number higher.
and everyone likes going for higher numbers, right? It's a high score chase. Let's do it together. Um, but not you, Billy Mitchell. No, not you, Billy Mitchell. We don't want to be associated with cheaters. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. You can also check out our Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. Hi folks, Sean Watkins here. I'm here to tell you about my podcast slash album, called This Is Who We Are. That's right, it's a podcast and a record, all rolled into one. Each episode features one song off the record, paired up with a conversation with a guest who is related to that song in some way. Guests include Jackson Brown, Inara George, Kate Micucci, and the conversations aren't about these songs specifically. The songs just serve as sort of a topical springboard that hopefully will lend a little context to this new album of mine. Sort of like a modern-day version of liner notes, only much more personal. The podcast and the album are both called This Is Who We Are. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts.